So it's a, okay, last week we were starting on the theme of understanding that the month has to do with the relationship, basically. I know, but like we went, in, we went into it more of really kind of like how the one led into the other. I'm not going to give last week's share. I can already did it, but we're going to start again. <laughs> but I have to give that introduction. Right, although someone said, because I didn't know it was like all the way over there. I didn't know that, so I heard that. can't hear it, but that's fine. Okay, so here we go. We're actually coming up to Av, which is pretty cool. We already talked about Av, but what we didn't talk about was Tuba Av. And um, I want to just bring in something that I think is a very important lesson for us. And it's going to lead to Elul, and it's going to lead to Tishrei, and it's this whole idea of that all these months, not only that, as we mentioned before, they're a power that we can tap into during that month to try to like work on that thing, let's say, and they carry it with us, right? So we say like, for example, Nisan, it's tapping into the idea of Amunah, it's tapping into the idea of liberating ourselves from the things that are trapping us, moving, you know, it's the, it's a commitment. Then we go into, we said ER, tapping into the idea of healing, the idea of balance, we have to recha kamocha, what does that mean? That means embracing all the different parts of us that we don't necessarily like, embracing the other, the healing element of that. We talked about then uh, Sivan, which is the idea of receiving the Torah, and the, actually that once we have those two legs, which we said the first leg we got in Pesach, it's like a Kabbalistic idea of like each month corresponds to a limb. So then we can start walking, because finally in Sivan, we got the other leg. We showed Sivan, Halakha, and the Lechet goes together, right? And so now we enter Tammuz last time. And this whole period actually last, which started in just Zion, really, we said the whole month of Tammuz about having mm -hmm. a tikkun of Ayn Tova, looking for the good, the fact that they were looking at Eretz Israel in a very negative way. And here we can actually bring down the koach of trying to see the good in things. Then we had this big, big break in our relationship with the Kadosh Baruch with Hashem, where we did the Chet Egev, right? And then we had these three weeks, which are like really, really heavy weeks, um, which we are in right now. And it's kind of weird. Has anyone thought about like, okay, the minute Tisha B'Av is over, like what? Like, why does it, I was even talking to like this today with a client, because I'm like, so new? Like, then what? It's the same thing. It's the same reality. Like, there's no difference in our reality right now. Like, the base of Mishra is still destroyed. Mashiach is not here. Usually, I mean, so far in the past years of my life that it hasn't come yet. So what's this big reality between this and this? And then actually we're going to come together. It's going to come together. We're going to understand something. That, um, that the moment there is something, the moment that in Tisha B'Av, which going back to remembering that the day of our destruction is the day of our rebirth, actually. That breaking, all of a sudden we have now this, it's like a new relationship with Hashem where we're working towards reconciliation. And remember this always, you guys, it's so important in a relationship, especially a marriage, that it's not a matter of me fighting. It's a matter of how I'm repairing the fight. It's a matter of how I behave during the fight. And also remembering that in the Besamekdash, when everything was burning and they still went inside, they still saw that a Kodesh Baruch had an absolute love towards us. And therefore the two, like inside the Kodesh Kodeshim, inside the Holy of Holies, right? On top of the Aaron, you still have this two, this image of, of a little boy and a little girl actually embracing each other in love, showing that Hashem was still shining his face on us. He's still, still with us and Shekhinah is with us always. So two Ba'av comes. And I want to ask you guys a question. Why do you think there's this, there's this the holiday, right? Tuba Av. It says there are no better days in Am Yisrael, the Gemara says, than Tuba Av and Yom Kippur. And also this beautiful um, Tuba Av is this day where it's known as like all these women would go. They would, no one would be dressed in anything to be able to distinguish who they were. Meaning everyone would be wearing just a simple, simple plain white dress. They would go dance. And then the uh, suitor would come. And also this was the day that like the tribe of Binyamin, which was almost wiped out. There was like a gazera that you can't marry into the tribe of Binyamin because of what happened. So the whole story in Tanakh, I'm not going to go there. But the point is, it was the day of reconciliation of Tuba Av, that I would go out there. I would take off my clothes. I just put on a simple white dress and I would find my soulmate. So I want to ask you, why? Why do you think this was like the way? How is this a reconciliation also? 
And what's so special about that? Like, it's kind of a, like, I want to meet somebody who knows me, who like sees where I'm coming from. This is a day that I didn't know if you were poor or rich, if you're coming from a family like this or that, status, not status. It was a day of sort of like, what do you think this represented? Wait, what is your, what is your question? What is to, so, okay, we just had a big fight. We broke it like meaning where it was a big rupture. It was kind of a betrayal. Like I just worshiped this, you know, golden calf, right? And then we had these three weeks and then we have tissue about the destruction of our base and dash. And it almost was like a very big rupture in my relationship with, that, with Hashem. How is it then the two ba'av, like five days later, no, six days later, right? Is known as one of the most amazing days. And what is on this day that you go out there dressed in a simple white dress and nobody knows really exactly who you are. How would this be like such an amazing day? What does this mean? Meaning why are those two days in the same month? How is that a reconciliation? How is one related to the other? How is two ba'av a reconciliation? How is the concept of going out there without anything a reconciliation? Yeah. It's like a humbling thing. For sure. Like not about like status or money or whatever. For sure. Right. Yes, absolutely. That the outside is totally not going to determine. It's okay. It's on the inside. Just cookies. Okay. So, um, okay. I want to, I want to ask you something. When you have a relationship with somebody, what would be the one thing that we would want most kind of like, let's be honest here. Reciprocation of what though? yeah and let's go a little bit more deeper what if i don't even know how to give a connection how do i make a connection like a true connection let's go back wait let's go back to when we got married to hashem what did we say we said not saving not. What, what kind of connection is that it's unconditional total commitment hashem we're in this together what's this idea that i'm taking everything off i'm just dressed in a white dress and that's how I'm meeting my soulmate. It's saying I'm totally accepting rich, poor, um, wealth, you know, status, not status. I'm accepting you. It was a complete and total coming back to this idea that Hashem, we're 100% together. And it's the same thing with the spouse. You're going to have fights and you're going to come back. But the, the coming back is saying, well, I'm like really accepting this whole picture here. I'm accepting this whole package of what's happening here. And with that, I want us to look inside because this is going to be our work, you guys. It says that from 45 days from Tuba'av, right, until Rosh Hashanah, meaning you have this trend, you have this period going. Tuba'av, this total just acceptance of love. Yeah, take, oh, shoot, who, do, who doesn't have? Who yeah. came in? I feel like my is falling. Is it? No. Yeah. Like, yeah. Today, we got new feet. No, no, we yeah. have new feet. Yeah. All right, so pass off. I'll move plenty of them. There, there are two actually, two that did, did I don't know your name. Did, did you get? Oh, they're Yeah, yeah, no, they're two different. Okay. All right. Are we ready? Are we ready for like real? Uh, just keep all of them and then you can do whoever you need. Okay. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. Are you ready? Good. Okay, let's go. I want us to look at this. Um, this is one of my favorite. I I get very emotional actually by reading this. It's a Masecha Nedarim. It's this one. It's called The Value of the Beauty Within. Okay, Masecha Nedarim. Oh, all right. What do you need? It's like a puzzle, though. Like everyone, okay, there's two sheets. One is like a big print with the value of the beauty within. And the other one is, is about Elul, Tishrei, which is like, you don't have to take notes because I, I have a lot in here. So just pay attention. <laughs> um, you don't. You probably don't have the big notes. I I pretty much wrote a book here, like a Megillah of what I'm going to talk. About. Okay, so here we go. Um, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna tell this this story. It happened in the Mishnah, right? It said there was an incident. Okay. Now I want to give you a little bit of history. The commentaries talk about that it used to be this is in the time where uncles would marry the nieces which is very common for family members to marry each other. You know the person, you don't have to worry about like unexpected in-laws, you know who they are. So anyways, there was a person 
it was an uncle, right? He vowed against deriving benefit from the daughter of his sister. What is that? Meaning he, he did not, he swore he's not going to marry his niece. Okay. Now also in parentheses, why did he swear he's not going to marry her? Because he thought she was ugly. Okay. And they brought her into the house of Rabbi Yishmael and he beautified her. What did he do? He gave her a manicure. Like, what did he do here? Right? Let's, let's, I don't know why. Because we're going to learn. When she was later brought before the one who took the vow, meaning later on they brought her back to the uncle, Rabbi Yishmael said to him, my son, did you vow that you would not derive benefit from this woman, meaning that you would not marry her? He said to him, no. And Rabbi Yishmael permitted her to him as he demonstrated that the vow had been in error. Okay, let's go. What happened here, you guys? Uncle does not want the ugly niece. Niece gets taken to the rabbi. Rabbi makes her pretty, brings her back to the uncle and says, is, is this the one you said the vow? No. Why? Because obviously when you make a vow, it has to be something that you, you're vowing something that you think is present, right? At that time, Rabbi Yishmael wept and he said, this is very emotional. The daughters of Israel are beautiful, but poverty makes them ugly. Okay, stop. What do you guys think that means? Wait, but what's poverty? How does that make you ugly? She's lacking something. What what could poverty mean? And what does that have to do with ugliness? Maybe okay. Maybe he taught her musar and gave her no. That's a good. That's a good point. People who don't have nice qualities, like they, they can be looking ugly. If she like thought that she was poor or lacking something, then like he didn't really have like a muna that she was created like with divine inspiration, like divine um, presence from Hashem, and like. If she feels like she's lacking, then like she really is poor. Exactly. The only reason why I'm lacking something, or exactly all these things that you guys mentioned, is that I don't see the value in it. Like if I don't see the beauty in my own self, if I don't see that I'm in a shama and whether or not I'm wearing this outfit or not this outfit, I'm actually a very quite ugly person. Or if I'm lacking in, like you said, Rexy, good widows or these kinds of things, like I'm not tapping in because a person is inherently good then I'm not an attractive person. Rabbi Yishmael was crying because he says, all Jewish women are beautiful. They just don't see their own beauty. And that poverty, that lacking, that not seeing, that not having because you don't own it. In fact, there's another in, in, uh, there's another story in the, in the Gemara that says, there was a, talked about a case where a house is sold to another person thinking that they're selling a tin roof on a house. Later, they find that the house is actually silver roof and they take it to court. Who's, who gets this house? Like who gets the silver? And the court decided it belongs to the new owner. Why? Because if you don't know what you have, if you don't value it, it's not yours. It's like a huge thing. So here we are in the day of reconciliation, which is what? Hashem. No, number one is I have to see the beauty within myself. I have to understand that like that is more than whatever Hashem we say. What is it said? It says, what does Hashem want from you, right? The word what? Oh, where's my intense? What does Hashem want from us? What's the word what? Mem hey, 45. There's 45 days from It's a kind of introspective to looking to yourself and saying, like, what does Hashem want from you? What do you think he wants? He wants you. And that's also a relationship. At the end of the day, you could be giving somebody something and you could be, but at the end of the day, I'm telling you, I know this is like, it's being recorded, but this morning I had to go to the supermarket with my daughter. She was, she's a teenager. She was on the phone the whole entire time. We're in the supermarket. I was like, stop. I need you. <laughs> like, I need you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's imagine what's going to happen. You're a teenager. I don't know. What to, I'm like, I need you. Like, sometimes we're getting so busy and we're doing, especially women, are non-stop doers. The person needs you to be you and to be being, right? So this is why Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel he cried because this woman did not see. So our definition here of poverty is a person who doesn't see their own beauty. Like so here we go. Okay. Tuba Av is this day where I think actually the month of Av is tapping into a koach 
that, wow, the reason why kind of we don't have this vision we got is we're not even understanding the value of what it is. The reason why we're not unified as a people, I, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. In this Parsha now, what's coming up, and you know, always when you're giving a class, if there's a Parsha, you have to talk about it, I feel like, because it, it's so... In the Parsha, it brings in that Shevet Rubin, Shevet God, and half of Menashe said, you know what, we're too many people here. We're just too many people, and we've got too much um, cattle and animals. There's another word for it. Mm-hmm. Livestock. Cattle and livestock. And they said, okay, we want to stay here. And we're not gonna, and Moshe was like, what are you talking about? You're going to ban, like, he was very upset. Not only that, they said, first, we're going to put, make pens for our cattle and our livestock. And then we're going to, you know, build a home for our kids. And Moshe was like, wait a minute, you got your party party off. I was thinking about something. After the, they were like, no, no, don't worry. We're going to fight with you. And that's what they did. You should just know, 14 years, they also conquered God, Reuben, they were the biggest warriors. They conquered. But then what happened? When they came back, it's very interesting. It says that their children were like already with like Canaanite, ten, ten, they were assimilated, very much so. And I was thinking about this, and I'm like, okay, that's wonderful that we're always so unified. The base of Midash is being destroyed. The Arabs are trying to attack us, and then, okay, all of a sudden there's a terrorist, and everyone's davening. But who's together for just like a happy occasion? Or like just living together. Okay, so you're a bit crowded. You're right. You've got a lot of livestock. You've got a lot of sheep. But look what happened. Like, that's it. There was no more. There was no reunion, not just in the misery and then the, the base of the back was burning. And so we're all sitting on the floor and we're crying together. But Hashem is telling us, you know what? There's a certain get up and dance together. And that actually I want to talk about, which is a beautiful concept, is you guys know the word of uh, Mechila. Because we're going to get into now a little interest rate. The word mechila means like uh, to forgive me. Like I, you, you hear sometimes I mochel, like I'm, I forgive you, or you would say please mechila, forgive me. It's a different word than tzicha. It's mechila. Okay. Now look at this word mechila. It's a man. It's okay if I write cursive. I don't remember this. Yeah, mechila. Mem What's so interesting about this word is also there's a dance, a machal, which is the same roots, the dance. And how is this dance? It's a circle. It's a circle dance. The women in Tuba'av, they would go out and they would dance in a circle. What's a circle? What does it represent? A cycle, completion, what else? Life, wholeness. Even on a, on a relationship level, what does it represent? Receiving. Receiving. Also in a circle, no one's following and no one's leading. You're all together. Right? There's no one like the, the star, the soloist. It's, uh, uh, it's Everyone's on the same page here. And not only that, but I need you. Like we need, in order to make a circle, you need each person. You're dancing in a circle. There's a lot about circle dance. I think there was even like a study done about circle dances. Like it's, a, it's an interesting study. So we have to forgive, we have a circle, and also there's another word for a tunnel in Hebrew, which also uses the same root words. So you have a tunnel, you have a circle dance, and you have, because you have the word of forgiveness or pardoning, you know, pardon. You know what the connection is? You guys have seen these three things? Do you know how you make a tunnel? Does anyone know how to dig a tunnel? I didn't know this until I heard about it. Yes, two people have to come together and dig at both ends, which is the same concept of any relationship. Hashem is telling us in these these days, from Tuba, first of all, we're in relationship. Now, I know it's not that there is hierarchy. Hashem is above and we're below. But there's this idea that we're in a relationship. And a relationship is a dance. And it's a circle. There's also a concept that like, I'm getting rid of all my labels. Because the moment I'm hanging on to something, defining myself by it, I'm rich, I'm poor, I'm smart i'm stupid i've already limited actually my relationship it's an embracing a total embracing of myself in order to be able to embrace the other right we have the idea about the tunnel which is you guys hashem is saying always i'm coming out to you because even in Elul, they say right the king is in the field he's he was in his palace he's coming right down towards us he's meeting us but what is he asking us ma what does hashem want from you these 45 days going back he wants you that means he wants you to come towards him in this dance also. 
in advance of making a tunnel, which is each person is digging at both ends, in advance of the idea of forgiveness. And and um, I want to okay, so I'm I'm actually going to skip. You guys can read it later about historically about you know Elo. I want us to talk about because I'm I'm worried we're not going to have enough time. Yeah, okay. I think it's very important for us for our self groups. I wanted to talk about Elul and that it has, there's um, different, you know, the word remez is like a hint in Tanakh of the word of the acronym for Elul, okay? So Ani, Aleph is a common one, the Dodi. Wait, first I'm going to write this. Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed, right? We have the famous one in Shir Shireen, Shlomo Amelech, which you just know, Shlomo Amelech, by the way, when they did Shir Shireen, like when Shir Shireen was, they weren't going to put it in Tanakh. It was like almost rejected. Now it's like holy, it's called the Kodesh Kodeshim, holy of You should just know always so much of this also. The Ramcha, so many, the Rambam, so many people were either like in harem, going to be rejected. And now, you know, much later. So just put that in your mind about something. But okay, what is, um, first we have Shir Shreem, our first source. And it says, Anira Dodiva Dodili, right? I am for my beloved, my beloved is for me. So what is this talking about? This is a relationship between us and Hashem. Okay? So here we go, that we first know that Elul is this reconciliation. I'm getting closer and closer to Hashem. And it's also showing, in these days, you guys, we're going back to the commitment. Because it's not about me just believing in Hashem. We mentioned this before, when everything's going great. And it's so easy for me to connect. And I feel like I'm on a high. And I have a woman who's telling me, she said she just married her, her son last week. And she said the night before the wedding, she went to the Kotel with him. She said she stood by the Kotel for an hour and she felt like a rock. She just didn't have any, it's enough. She's so much emotion into this wedding. She said, I felt like an Evan stone. Sometimes we go through these emotions, you know, like we're, we're so up this way that also sometimes we're so down this way and we absolutely feel nothing. Hashem's saying right now in a little just the pasuk is so beautiful. I am to my beloved, my beloved is to me. I'm here. Commitment. Highs, lows, we're in this together. We're meeting each other. So the question I have for you guys to think about, and you can reflect on during this month, is number one, how do you show Hashem that you're committed? Right? We're always talking about, oh, Hashem loves us. And Hashem, look at it. And you start saying, okay, Hashem, look at all the ways that Hashem shows me he loves us and all the things in my life that worked out. And I was trying to do this and I got this. It is actually the time to think about how am I actually committed to Hashem? How do I show him that I love him? So that's 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 number one. I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna go back to these. We're gonna like weave them. Okay. Number two is it says in Pasuk, um Pasuk in Devarim, Lamed Vav. Okay, the Pasuk is, you know, I'm gonna read them here. I don't know if you one second. Who is the who is coming to this? Anyone? Okay. So it says in uh Lamed Vav. Okay. Umal umal, which is like coming from the word mila, you should just know. Like uh Okay, so it says God will circumcise, like your heart and the heart of your descendants or your offspring, right? To love Hashem, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul that you may live. So before we read what I wrote, I, I want to ask you guys, what do you think it means to circumcise your heart? To have like a, an honest moral That's beautiful. Okay. Expand it. How would you do that? How would I go about circumcising my heart? Yeah, Hashem's telling, yeah. If Hashem's telling us, and that's what Alul is about, right? The word tears are hard to get Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say you're excising negative emotions or resentment. Like just like with the grit with removing the unholiness, right? So it's the same thing. Right, right. Circumcision is right. You actually, it's removing a foreskin, meaning there's something blocking our heart. During the month of Elul, we have the power number one to connect to, to connect into a connection with Hashem, right? 
to understand that like this is a journey we're on and there's a reason why we're here also this the second part of this week it's the last it's 42 the Baal Shem Tov brings what is this 42 journeys that Amisel did he says each person has to know you're in a journey here Alul is about thinking about what's the purpose of my journey right in my commitment and then this puzzle comes to tell the one that Alexi want to hear this puzzle comes to tell us that one of the things though that in this month I have to tap into the things that are blocking me now what's blocking me um Mirtav Eliyahu brings in this and also Rav Salander brings about this talks about also I have to un like reveal like undo the things that are blocking my heart what does that mean that in each person your nisham is full of light right but it's being blocked what is it being blocked by it's okay sometimes it's blocked by actually actions that are not so good that kind of leave a like a, a you know like we do something and that leaves a block on it like but there's another very deep thing here is that a lot of times we're just not going back to this beautiful story of Rabbi Ishmael and this woman. We're just not seeing it. We're tapping it by our own insecurities, actually. It's like our own insecurities, our own stories, our own everything, you know, the labels, which if you were to visualize, um, there's an exercise. I just, we don't have so much time to do, but the idea is to do it on your own. Really, it's a good, it's a good one, is that you take sticky notes Okay, and I want just write all the labels that come to mind, the good ones, mm-hmm. the bad ones, the ones that you know were to- were put on me, the ones that I put on myself, the ones that society, the one my mother. I still have a label that he was this, um, that I'm a bad driver because I'm 45 years old. So she still remembers when I was 50, 30 years ago, when I was just learning how to drive, that like I wasn't a good driver. And just now, when I saw my mother in April, she's like, "You can't drive the rent a car." I'm like, "Mommy," <laughs> I like. That's not my label. I've been driving now. I would go to Mexico. I drive in Israel like I can drive. You know, I, I don't like to. I actually don't like to drive because of that label. But like, get over it. I'm not 15 anymore, right? We have these labels that stay stuck on us. Put the sticky pads actually on yourself and then feel how it feels to take off the label. Because mind you, even the label of good things also constrain us. Because if I had a label growing up, for example, that I was very good with people and I'm very good like in the like with languages and and um you should just know i'm also great in sciences i loved chemistry i loved biology i loved i love math and yet i didn't go study to be a doctor or to do any sciences because i had the label that you're so good in history and english and writing and social sciences so i went into international what am i trying to tell you that even a good label and i was always i was i got rewards for it i i got english awards for it i i got good rewards but it also was limiting you know, I remember having a label of not being, um, I was I was academic and not uh, athletic for many reasons. And I decided I don't care. I remember the first time I I, I did everything. I took it fun. I did a swimming team. I did all these things. I remember the first time that I just like got in, I was average. The first only thing in my life, I was average. I was so proud of myself. Because like my label was being very unathletic. So just the fact that I was like average was already like a goal. Like that's great, you know? My point is, is that sometimes the labels are good for us. Sometimes they are encouraging for us, right? But the question is, am I labeling me or am I labeling an act? Because if I'm labeling an act, that's good. If that was a very kind act, you just, you know, oh, wow, that was like thoughtful of you. So that would kind of want to make me do it again. But if I'm defining myself, blocking myself in, this is the time of the little, it's just take off the labels, Remember Tuva Av, where you're in that dress, white dress, where no one knew who you were, what you were doing. And this is the true love that Hashem wants from us, is to, to go inside and take off these blockages so that you could unravel or unreveal, I don't know, to uncover your own inner light. So I have these questions uh, to ask yourselves is, what is keeping you from being connected to Hashem? It's all in here, by the way. So, And what is blocking your own light from yourself? Now, mind you, we don't only have to do this in Alul. We can do this now also. I'm just saying during the month of Alul is when, you know, like Chazal comes and tells like, wow, look at these different Pasukim. It's really in there. So I want to talk more about this. Um, I just wanted to show you here. It actually, or you, or you can look later inside what it's talking about. Because I actually brought the sources of that. Like, I brought in you, I brought you in here the Hebrew Pasukim. And then explaining that actually the Balturim brings in the time of Mashiach, right? But then if you look at the next one, it's um Lexi, this is very similar to what you were saying, because it's very, very important. It's 
here, it's not in English. I'm going to read it to you guys. It's circumcising. What does this mean? It means to get rid of, to uncover. So it's talking about the thoughts in my mind that are, it's an expression of the bad thoughts in my mind, right? And these like, these kind of preconceived and like conceptions that I have. You guys, you have to understand something. Every thought that I have in my mind will affect how I feel. Throughout Tanakh, the word lev is actually referring to your mind. It's not the actual heart. Meaning all my emotions come from the thoughts, right? If I'm thinking about one thing, the exact same thing is not objective. There's no objectivity. It's just how I'm thinking about it. So we're told to unblock unblock these, um, not only to ourselves, but to other people, right? And I wrote down six things like as a challenge to think about the blockages. What keeps us being blocked? We have number one, not being in touch with yourself. Just not having any kind of self-awareness is actually a blockage. Like on the on the page of the beauty within case, we have number two, complacency. A lot of times a person doesn't want to unreveal because they're very fine. I'm fine where I am. I don't need to like get a little bit more holier. I don't need to uncover any more light. I'm pretty complacent. I'm happy where I am. Don't touch me. We also have the idea, like I was talking about the labels of the preconceived notions. Blockages are afraid to change which I'm telling you change is so scary. And if you really look at the the word Shana, like Shana Tova, it's the word is Shanoi, which is a change. That every year Rosh Hashanah comes with the cycle, right? Where again, the Ramchalas, we're, we're coming back to it, but you must say to yourself, what have I changed? Like what changes there in this year? What am I coming to? What have I worked on? What can I unblock, right? So being afraid to change is like, it's a huge, it's a common, normal, but it's big fear. And also afraid of what others are going to say to us. So here I'm going to just put in parentheses as you're coming near the end of this semester and you're going to be, I don't know what you're doing the next time in your lives. Even I had a big talk yesterday with a student about the idea that like my family, my friends, like they think I'm, you know, this normal topic of this one thinks I'm crazy or this one thinks I'm you know about our growth I'm talking about spiritual growth and there you have to actually really look inside yourself challenge yourself and say to yourself what's coming within my voice or what's coming that I'm afraid of what people will think say about me voice just different even if you don't want to do anything act upon it just at least have the self-awareness to know what what is this coming from what's stopping me from growing is it coming from within me or coming from the outside and also another thing that blocks us, quite honestly, is that we are, we have desires that are not in line with Hashem's desires, right? I was just actually talking to somebody yesterday about, she's like, I want to eat pig. Like, no, really, she has a desire to eat unkosher food. It's very, I said, I'm sure it's tasty. You know what I say? I don't know, but I'm sure it's delicious. That's the Gemara never says not to eat it because it's not tasty. It doesn't say also that not to eat it because it's not healthy. It just, we're not allowed to eat it because that's what Hashem said. But sometimes, so our desires are not in line. And again, it's not even necessarily like, am I changing anything? Am I going to do anything about that? But let's just have a little bit of an awareness and a little about what's blocking me. Okay, so now we're going to go, keep going, to the third Pasuk, which is in Mishpatim. It's on the second page on the back of this. I'm sorry, the first page, but like slide two. Um, and what is it talking about, you guys? This is talking about, do you guys know what the year of class is? Or the year of right, it's the year of refuge. What, what was the story of this? Someone tell us. Um, yeah. Right. Right, King Vengeance. Now, who else lived there? And who else? Part of that? Levine. Yeah, what did the living do, you guys? Do you guys know what they did? What's their role? They for sure sang. They have kept the Meshkan. They were also teachers. Meaning like, I have to take refuge, so to speak, in this Yermi class. I have to go, why am I going there? Because I have to learn something from this. Because it says in the Gemara, you didn't just kill somebody back then. Hello, there's negligence here. And in fact, this is a very good thing for Chinuch, or if you're teaching small children, or if you're teaching yourself. <laughs> Is that one time, two times you step on somebody's foot? Okay, it's an accident. But the third time, hello, watch where you're, watch where you're walking. 
like why isn't I can just bump into people all the time and not and like think like just by saying excuse me sorry that that's that's okay the whole concept of being sorry is one that I have to reflect even unintentionally on what I'm doing if I keep hurting you over and over and again stop saying why well, I didn't intend that listen to what the person is telling you the month of Elul is to take refuge in this city of refuge which means the time of refuge which is Elul and to say, why am I doing this at that might be negligent? If a person is really like, why am I hurting myself, you guys? Who are we the best ones to hurt is ourselves, right? So this is the time to ask yourselves and what can, and then, sorry, going to what would the levy in there for to learn about it? Like, okay, I just did something very negligent. I killed somebody. What, why? Like, why was I negligent? What's going on here? So it's the time to be asking ourselves, why did I inadvertently, of course, not on purpose, but cause harm? Why am I harming myself? That could be physically, it could be emotionally, it could be whatever, mentally, spiritually. Why, why am I harming myself? So here we go, a little. Number one, your life has direction, right? This is the month telling us it's a journey that we are going somewhere. There's a natural destination. I have a process. I am started this relationship with Hashem. I said there was a love fully committed to Shem. First, I'm going to grow. I mean, go, and then I'll grow, right? Then we go through this of working on ourselves, and then totally acceptance. And then there was a breakage. We had a betrayal. Then Hashem tells us, okay, now's the time to come together, reconciliation, but with 100% of taking off the label, reconciling for the sake of love, for the sake of love, right? To be part of the dance or the reciprocal, the tunnel where I'm coming on one side, Hashem's coming on the other side. Right? And then mirroring that in our relationships with other people and ourselves. Then we said um, that it's a time to remove these blockages that are holding us back to think where are they coming from? Is it coming from me, from outside? And to take refuge in it, in the idea of time that, like, wait a minute, this refuge is an idea of like, I really have to think about this. What am I doing? And it really to harm myself or other people. So that's the recap. Okay, now practical. So I want to mention something that um, one of my teachers told me about, which I think is a really, really cool idea. Also, you guys, we, we have to understand there is an energy about Elul. You know, if you're Svarti, there's, there's like the whole month is Tzichot. And if you're not Svarti and you're here in Israel, you really should go at least one morning to Tzichot. The Svarti Tzichot is really, it's, it's awesome, I think. And it's also um, nice that they say the same thing every day. So it's like, it's very catchy. It's like, it's, it's like very, you know, you don't like the Ashkenazim, I don't even know what they do, but they do different things every day. And it's like a whole, it's like moaning and groaning. And the, and the Sephardic road is very lively. And um, it's true. And uh, very singy. And even though like sometimes I'm like, wait a minute, why am I so happy like saying this? Like if you really see the words, like, but on the other hand, there is, this is so key. The idea of, I can't really come to any form of forgiveness or, or asking for forgiveness if I don't want myself. So if you think about it, it makes sense to actually be singing about three clothes and have a happy tune towards it. And the sense means, that means like the translation would be like, Sikha is like when you ask someone, it's for me. Yeah, but yeah, so that's like a polite, it's sorry. But again, the concept of sorry is like a terrible concept in English, in America. Because in America, if I teach my child, okay, they just hit somebody and just say you're sorry, I'm not teaching them the concept, the pure concept of what it means to be sorry. Like, it's a whole entire halakha of being sorry. It means I need to know what I'm doing. How does a five-year-old need to do it? Come on. They really, really feel bad about it. They just bop their sister on the head. They really feel halakha, no. Right? They're never going to do it again? Of course they're going to do it again. Like, what am I teaching them to say sorry for? So you say, well, what do you do? I punish them. <laughs> Meaning consequence. You don't get to punish your sister. You just bop her on the head. That's what I mean by punish. I don't put them in the room change on them but the idea is like you know you teach them there's a consequence and then when the child is mature enough to understand that they feel bad about something then you can teach them a concept but we shouldn't be just saying like sorry so, unless it's like mannerisms where you are you know doing something and then it's almost like saying excuse me but um it's a whole concept to be sorry is not not just a word right so that's what they call it's like there are these um so the sparring wake up at all during a rule and the ideal kind of time to do it is before sunrise um, and as soon as they start, depending on like when Rosh Hashanah is, usually like the Moshe Shabbos of the week before. And um, and it's a lot of the 13 
midot rachamim, like you're saying about Hashem, right? Because we're tapping into the idea that Hashem is is, is rachamim, is merciful. Um, so if you any of you go, sometimes the kotel might be too much. Like there's like thousands of people, but just go to any small short, small Sparty shul, especially like in Nachalot. There's one that's called Addis, Syrian. On Rachel Shaza. I used to live one block from it. We would like I would hear it, and also Bakashot and, and Shabbos night. If you ever want, just like a really beautiful experience. Yes. What? Yeah, yeah, very small inside. But there's a there's a there's a there's a section for women on top. Yeah. Yeah, and you can go into Rashishi also. You can walk from here. It's not far. It's in Nachlaot. I'm Rachel Bersheva, and you can let they on Rashishi time they do singing also. Bakashot and like singing. So, um, but. So during the whole month, there's this concept of like, you really feel the energy of Elul in Israel. Anyways, you know, if you tap into it, all these things, you're going to feel the energy if you're tapping into it. If you're not, if you're tuned off, so then you, you know, you can be in, you know, you can be anywhere in the world and tap into this energy and you can be nowhere in the world and not tap into it. If, that, if you understand what I'm trying to say. So what I want to go back to with my teacher, a teacher taught is that it's a cool idea. Is actually because there was this concept before, like Elul was supposed to be this time of like, oh my goodness, Elul, like, you know, fear, trepidation, like what's going to happen? The Yom Adin, the day of judgment. Okay, so we're not holding there. But it was, she said, just have a bracelet that says Elul. Like, you know, like those like Hashem, like, thank you, Hashem oh, bracelets, or like, you know, this kind of fun, like, we're a very Hitsoni, we're a very exterior type of generation. So use that. I mean, if that's our tool nowadays, so do it. You know, Elul. And then tap into what does Elul mean? Anita Dadila Dadili. Hashem, relationship. Hashem, blockages. Hashem, city of refuge. Just by seeing the word Elul, hopefully it'll stir up something inside of us we remember. Number two is we've got to make a plan, you guys. What's the plan? How to go forward in this relationship with Hashem. Like you can't just have a fight and come back to the same thing over and over. That's why I'm going to tell you something, quite honestly, statistically, a person who's been married and divorced will keep getting married and divorced over and over unless they've worked on themselves because it wasn't, okay, rare circumstances, it's true, it was just the other person. But usually there's a dynamic there and we tend to find that same person, even if the other person, that same abusive person or that same quality, if we don't work on it. So we have to have a plan of action also in our relationship with Hashem. There has to be some kind of shift in order to go for it. So number one, got to be genuine right like it's time for confronting yourself and be genuine like on the shift and also honor the relationship which means that there is another going back to sivan and the idea remember i told you guys also and and um when we got the we had the first le the one leg in the in the sun and i told you guys they have that uh hillel as a can the gear came to him and said how do i you know, teach me the whole tour on one foot. And he said, okay, don't do unto others. But what does that mean? Like, and I gave you the example that like, let's say I, what do you mean don't do it? What if I don't like that or if I do like that? But what he was trying to say is level saying there's another. The concept in Judaism is that there's another. There's someone called Hashem. There's someone called other people. I don't live in this whole world by myself, even though the world was created just for me, right? So there's this other, and that other wants to be honored. So we really have to think to ourselves, how does Hashem want us to honor I don't have the answer to, to think about, you know? Again, now next, sorry, number three, I have another practical, is look for inspiration. Which also, you know, we I, I, I'm always curious, like you can give a talk or you can watch one of those little videos and somebody's going to be inspired and somebody's not. Like either it's going to be deleted very quickly or you're going to think for about it for like, Inspiration is something that's actually, it's really cool. The word in English, Latin, inspiration, is, is related to the word of respirar, to breathe, to breathe, right? Inspiration is actually a breath. What does that mean? Like, what do you got? Like, that's pretty wild. To be inspired by something is like giving you breath. It's giving me life. Go back to the idea of neshama and neshima, right? Yeah, and the word nishima is a breath, which is like your neshama is your soul. So each time I take a deep breath, I'm actually tapping into my neshama because Hashem literally breathes into a dummy, you know, to make him a, a to make us like breathing people, right? So look for inspiration, look for that breath, look for that something that does touch your neshama, and you have to look for it. You have to be wanting it. Again, it's for different things for different people. Um, 
that and what's the purpose of inspiration? The next one is to feel loved by Hashem. Meaning, a lot of times also people ask, I don't get it. If it's supposed to be kind of like a, a, a reciprocal relationship, I feel like I'm talking to Hashem all the time. He's not answering me. I'm not getting my prayers. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting that. I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard. When is the time to talk to you? With the inspiration, actually. Those moments where you just like, all of a sudden you see something beautiful. I'm telling you, I, I, I like, I repeat myself, but I think it's very important. Nature and just your, your body are the two amazing ways to get inspired and to think about the awesomeness of the British book. Just take one moment and look at a sunset. And if you're looking for inspiration, you will find it, right? Look at the map, the fact that the colors of the sky or just now these mangoes with these gorgeous colors, you know, peels and like the inside and the peppers. That is very inspiring if you want it. And that shows me that Hashem loves me because he could have made a very dark, ugly world and it said it's so gorgeous. And then go inside yourself in your own body and just think about the fact that you open all the Birkat HaShachar, yes, there are people, when I think about that, I actually ask Hashem to open me up to see Hashkacha Paxis. But there are people that don't open, they open their eyes and they don't see anything, right? Or they see, I don't know what they see, but that Matera Thurim, wow, I can actually like move my limbs. Like, just go through the awesomeness of what your body, just take a breath of air. Next is um, the practical of taking a moment and thinking about what are our obstacles? Like, what is holding me back? Again, is it something that on the outside, like, wow, my parents, my family, my friends, my job, my lack of job, <laughs> my money, my lack of money, like my lack of this, my this, is this the thing? Because that obstacle, you guys, that same obstacle holding you back can be the obstacle that pushes you forward depending on how you want to look at it or use it. And then we have also practical two actions asking you to, I'm sorry, asking Hashem to help you heal from your regrets and your mistakes. Because so many times we get just trapped up into feeling bad and we need to sometimes ask Hashem to help us to be able to forgive ourselves, right? Um, I wanted to say also that with that, I was really thinking about this, and I've been thinking about this class. I'm already feeling like a little too straight, even though we haven't gotten to Av yet. Just preparing for this class, I was already like, whoa, you know? And it was exciting. It's a very exciting time. Like, these three weeks are hard, um, even though I had such good news, which always happens to me. Like, you hear the worst news in Adar and the best news in, um, in Tammuz, right? I had, like, such good news about people that I was so happy about. Yeah. Like, you show us. But um, wait, that got me distracted. Going back to what I was thinking about, I'm thinking about a little thing that's a shrimp. And I was really thinking about like, I was like, wow, Hashem, I don't want to come back as anybody but me. You know, because we come back if we don't do our tikkunim, we're going to have to come back and somehow, I don't want to be a cow. I don't want to be another person. Like, I don't want to come back and anybody else have to fix this. Like, I really want to come, I want to be me. Meaning, come back because the next day I wake up in the morning and I'm back already. You know, like I was thinking about it. I really like my life. I really do love the life I'm living. But I, I, I want it, I want each day to come back to me and not to be living the life of what I should have somebody else, but to be living my life, right? So I put more reflections is a lot of self-evaluation of who are you? How did you get here? What's your purpose? I wrote these all out for you guys. You know, thinking about, it's just so much. Thinking about, like, the whole idea of Rosh Hashanah and we ask, Hashem asked Adam Rishon, where are you? He knew where he was. He was right there. God, and he just said, you know, he knows. But that moment, Rosh Hashanah, the day that we were created, the day of the, you know, the sin of the eating, the Eifadat, the day of forgiveness, it was all in this one day. Hashem turns to Adam Rishon, he says, where are you? And this is something where we're being asked, where are we? Like, where are you? Um, another thing I want to put in parentheses is that in Elul is also, there's another Megillat Esther, which refers to, and it's talking about there, it's referred to the idea of giving tzedakah, right? The acronym of Elul. So there, it is a propens, we say, like an opportune time, Elul, to give tzedakah, tefillah, tuva, right? These are our sages tell us that um to in order to nullify heart decrees and i don't have time to go into tishrei we're going to go into we're not going to do a lot of tishrei next time because i feel like it's such a huge mom that i can't even you're going to get it like i feel like you get it in tishrei right we'll just name a couple of things 
and then we'll move on. To the next one step, yeah. Yeah, we we yeah, we have to somehow. But the most important, what's your name? You know, the most important thing here is to take out for something. Like, don't get caught up into the actual month, even though I do want you to take something into the month because I want you to be able to understand that each month has a certain power that I can tap into. But these are also, hopefully, I want you to take tools that you could like take anytime. And that concept, most also very important for me, is that we're in a constant relationship with Hashem of like every relationship where you get close and you go apart, and you get close and you go apart. And that's the cycle of life. Just remembering sort of like, remembering that he never abandons us but we sometimes abandon him and you know so it's the coming back so what animal is also just out of curiosity ab is going back to ab is shimon it wasn't an animal what's the, the symbol of ab mm -hmm. um one second it's a no it is an animal it's the scorpion and crab i think yeah, that's sivan that's no sivan's the twins i'm pretty sure Av, isn't it there's charts online. No, I have it written. No, you wrote down that Sivan is the twin. No, Sivan's a twin, but I know that for sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Ab was the scorpion. I'm pretty sure, but I could be wrong. Ab was the scorpion? I'm pretty sure. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was... No. No, no. is the balance. The, the... Yeah, Libra. Yeah. No, Tishrei is the scales, because you're you're constantly on a balancing between this mitzvah and this avera. Mm -hmm. Alul is the Bitula, which is the virgin, which is the idea also the idea that like it's not just if I Alul has such a power that me doing chuva, it's not just like okay, I made a mistake, oh, I'm forgiven. Oh, it's our, oh wait, Nahan. Yeah. It's the lion because we also talked about that um but there's also different no, no, I just want to say about the Betula is the idea that it's not that just that you go back, you make a mistake, and it's like you actually go back. Like, if you are a person who doesn't say Kuva, it's really as if they never say. Like, that's the correlation between like Betula, meaning it's not, it's just a virgin. Like, it's not just, it's like really, it's clean. It's like it's clean that I took the sponge and I cleaned it. It's as though it was never used. It was never done, the act. The person who does sincere tshuva, Hashem looks at it. No, no, no. Elul, Elul. Elul is the tshuva. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions? Real quick? No? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.